Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. We thank you for the grace that you have shown us even to direct our steps into your court. We pray, Lord, that you give us of your spirit to teach us. Father, you know our inadequacies. You know our insufficiency. But you are the all-sufficient God. Therefore, minister to us, O God. Draw us closer to you. Give us understanding in the name of Jesus. Let our hearts be fertile to receive your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Why don't you... Clap your hands and then sit on top of your enemies. Wonderful. Well, last week I began sharing with you about others. About others. Amen. How many of you were here? Oh, let me say, how many of you were not here last week? Last week, Tuesday, you were not here. Let me see by show of hands. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Okay. So last week, we began sharing about others, and we, we were talking about this general, the founder of the Salvation Army, who once wrote a letter where a telegram to his officers. He wrote a telegram to his officers around the world and the telegram contained only one word and his goal was to reorient them to the focus of their work, the mission of the Salvation Army. And the word that was in the telegram was others. Just that word, others. And that has come to mean so much to the Salvation Army. This has been their focus, that they think about others. Their work is about others. Amen. Amen. If you look at the Salvation Army, you realize that they take from people who have and give to those who don't have. Isn't that so? Yes. Yes. And sometimes, even some of you, you will not think, you will not even consider or think about these people. But this is a ministry or it's an organization that focuses on others. And then we read a scripture in 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6, and then chapter 7. We read a scripture about the hunger that was upon the land when the prophet Elisha prophesied. He prophesied about what was going to happen. There was so much hunger. There was so much hunger in the land that people were killing their children to eat. They would kill their children to eat. 
So you see, you cannot imagine in your state right now, you cannot imagine, you see, when you read something like this, you may think this is probably just a story because you cannot imagine how a hunger can be so severe there is nothing to eat that someone will kill his or her own child to eat so that you survive. If, for instance, you have five children, then you kill one, the stubborn one, the most difficult one, or the, you kill the heavy one, the big one, that can, at least you can feed on for a couple of days. You see, so it will be a very difficult decision, wouldn't it be? But if you are a child that is a troublesome child, it's probably not going to be too difficult, except you don't have a lot of meat on you. Then you'll be spared. But if you are a troublesome child, I don't think it will be too difficult to make a decision. <laughs> troublesome and heavy and big. You are the first one to go. So this was how difficult the situation was. How difficult the situation was. That someone has to kill her child to eat. And they were waiting on another person's child. Said, this week is your turn. Bring your child. Let's eat your child. So we can survive and take care of the rest of the children that we have. You see? So that was a very difficult period. And then, and then Elisha in chapter 7. The Bible said, then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord, that saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? Amen. Amen. And that is how our lives sometimes are. Situation becomes so difficult and you don't find any way out. There don't seem to be any form of direction where solution is coming from. And you see your situation as an impossible situation. You see, and so you cannot even see the hand of God moving in this situation. And so when even we prophesy over your life that tomorrow by this time, this situation will change. You cannot imagine, you cannot, you cannot see that as a possibility. You have sent so many resumes and nobody has called you for a long time. You call to follow up, they say, we have it, we will call you. Then you call, you do this, you, and it doesn't seem to happen. And then someone says, tomorrow by this time, a company will call you. You say, oh, oh. <laughs> Even if the windows of heaven were to be open, and jobs are supposed to drop down, and people will be getting jobs, not me. You see? And you don't see the hand of God moving. You've been waiting to be married for a long time. You try this one, didn't work. You try this one, didn't work. Try this one. And then we prophesy that tomorrow or a week by this time, proposal will come. And then you laugh. You just laugh. You just laugh. Are you with me? But believe the words of the prophet. Believe the words of the prophet. You see, 
God will not do anything except that he will use his servants. He will not do anything except he uses his servants. Do you understand? And so when the servant speaks, believe it. Amen. Because what you believe is what you are going to experience. So this person, he works for the king. He says he's the Lord on whose the hand, the, the hand, he says the, then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned. So he feels very important. Answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes. And shall not eat thereof. May that never be your story. Amen. When there's a prophecy, may you not say in your heart that, oh, because you can see it with your eyes, but you will not have a portion of it. But may that never be your story. Amen. 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 May that never be your story. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, and there were four leprous, leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said to one another, why sit we here until we die? You see, whenever God is bringing a solution, whenever God is bringing a solution, sometimes it will come in a direction that you will least expect. Amen. It will come in a way that you least will expect. Sometimes it will come through a person that you least will expect that he can help you. Sometimes the person that God is using to help you he comes in a form that you don't even expect that he has anything in him to offer you. Amen. Sometimes the husband that the Lord is bringing you, he doesn't even look like the type of husband that can take care of you or that can make you happy. Or sometimes the wife that the Lord is bringing you. Do you understand? Sometimes he doesn't even have the kind of job that you would expect or the kind of personality that you would expect. Do you understand? Sometimes the way he does things is not because you have, you know, every woman has a certain dream. Every woman has a certain dream. And every man also has a certain dream. Do you understand? Everyone has a dream of the kind of man I want to marry. You know, he must be this. He must be that. You know, he must have this job. He must have this position. He must have this. He must speak this way. He must have six pack. He must be tall. How tall? Six five or six six. And his chest must be how much? Broad chest. Broad chest. He has to have muscles. Isn't that so? When he wears a t-shirt, you should see that this is a man. Isn't that so? That hand is going to beat you up. <laughs> so when he beat, when that hand hits you, then you run to Reverend. Reverend cannot fight this man. <laughs> you run to me. I said, go. Get some more beating. Amen. Amen. You want a woman with a certain caliber, a woman with a certain body shape, a woman with a certain skin color, a woman who has certain type of hair, 
eyebrows, a woman who does her makeup in a certain way. Isn't that so? You see, that is not what you are going to marry. That is not what you are going to marry. Amen. You take that home and then you realize that they all have to come out. You take the wig off and then take the eyelashes off. Even the one that everybody has. For her, it is not her own. (laughs) She will rip it like this and then it comes off. This one comes off. Then the the lashes come off. This one come off. The lipstick are off. The makeup is off. And then she has something that she has adjusted. She takes it. She takes this and take it off. And then she has something that she has put in the inside. The shape that you have admired all the while. She takes it off. And then you see that everything is now loose. All for you. All for you. Is it? All for you. <laughs> and then you are standing there, you say, ha. Ha. The nails, the nails come off, the nails come off, the nails come off, and then the teeth. <laughs> Every day, I love your smile. Oh, your smile is what kills me. The teeth are off. So when you see something going around, you have to expect something else. Do you understand? So when you see that this is the real thing, then you realize that the reality of life. You see. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we will die also. Now therefore, come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. There was no man there. Amen. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel had hired against us the kings of Hittite and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Amen. Do you see? You see? The people of Samaria, they have cried to the Lord. They have prayed to the Lord. And he has heard their cry. And he is bringing them answers. So a prophet comes and says, here comes your answer. Tomorrow by this time. Tomorrow by this time. 
flour will be sold for this much or this many shekels. Tomorrow by this time, food will be in abundance. Everything will be cheap. And the way the Lord is going about bringing this solution, it is the least place that you would expect. You would not expect that it, the food will come from the camp of the enemies that are fighting you. The enemies that you are so much afraid of. More so, not that the strongest of the country, the army in the country is going to overtake this army, but four leprous men. Four leprous men. You know, sometimes the Lord will move in a way and then when you see the answer, you can only but say, it must be the Lord. When you look at your circumstances, when you look at your situation, when you look at your condition, and you see how the solution has come, and you see how the blessings has come, and you see how you did not qualify, but so much blessings have come your way. When you see it, you realize that this must be the doing of the Lord. Whenever you open your mouth to say, this must be the doing of the Lord, understand that God has others in mind. God has others in mind. God is not a selfish God. God is not as man. We live in a world of selfishness. Everything we do is for our own selfish interest. No one does anything for nothing. That is the world we live in. Amen. Amen. But you are not like that. Amen. I say you are not like that. Amen. Because Christ is in you. And when Christ is forming you, a new mind, a new mind comes in you. So these four lepers, their steps, the Lord doubled their steps, the Lord multiplied their steps. And it made the people hear their steps as they were running to the camp of the Syrians. They heard an army, a mighty army coming to them. It got to be the doing of the Lord. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight, and their tents, and their horses, and their asses, even their camp as it was, and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the utmost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink, and carried thence silver and gold and raiment, and went and hid it. That is what we will do. And came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. And as they were going back and forth, carrying and going and carrying and coming, piling for themselves, suddenly they paused and they said, one to another, we do not well. What we are doing is not good. What we are doing is not nice. We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. A day of good tidings. A day of hearing good news. A day of blessings. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. That means we are keeping to ourselves. If anyone does that, we do not well. Amen. He says, if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. If we continue piling and piling and piling to ourselves, we continue heaping and heaping to ourselves. We continue hearing and hearing and being polished and polished and polished and polished. 
some mischief will happen to us because it was not the intention of God to continue polishing you and polishing you and making you shine and shine and shine. He had others in mind. Amen. He had others in mind. You see, so if they were to continue piling and piling and piling, the Lord could have probably turned the Syrians and let them come back to the camp. Are you with me? Some mischief would happen. He says, now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city and they told them, saying, we came to the camp of the Syrians and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of a man, but horses tied and asses tied and the tents are as they were. And he called the porters and they told it to the king's house within. And they all came. And they all came to loot the booty. Amen. So they took so much. They took so much. And what the prophet had prophesied came to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That two measures of barley were sold for a shekel. And a measure of fine flour for a shekel. As the prophet had prophesied. And the one who doubted, he did not partake of this great blessing. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So when God blesses us, he has others in mind. God intended that these leprous men will come into plenty so that they will call the others to come also. Hallelujah. God has blessed us with a great church. You know, not many churches hear the kind of messages that we hear. I am telling you. You see, if you are not sure, go to somewhere else. Just give yourself a vacation and go and sit somewhere else and hear. God has blessed us with great anointed prophet, anointed pastor of our generation, through whom powerful revelations, great messages are revealed and given to us also. Amen. And so, we should not sit on these great messages. All of you who are sitting here, especially you people who are here on this weekday service, you are all anointed to teach the word of God. You are all powerful ministers, anointed ministers, who can stand before congregations and teach. Amen. But if you don't think of others who don't have what you have, you don't even think that you have any. Do you see? So the leprous could have piled and piled and piled. They could have piled and piled and piled, but they thought about others. And then they realized that piling for yourself, you do not well. Unless you think about others, you will not feel that you are not doing well. Unless you think about others, you will not feel like there's so much that has been imparted into your life that you can also impart to others. Amen. Amen. But if they put some of you before certain congregations, you'll be amazed what will come out of you. Because a lot has been imparted. Amen. Amen. Then we read a story about Esther also. Do you remember? We read a story about Esther, that how a poor orphan, a poor orphan, she was an orphan and she was a slave. Amen. Amen. Can you imagine to be in such a predicament? You are an orphan. Your parents are not there. 
and you are also a slave child. A young woman who is a slave, who is an orphan. There is no hope anywhere in life for you. Except your all hope is that you are growing to be another slave woman. That is the only hope you have. That you marry another slave, you bring in more children who become slaves and take over where you live off. So there is no hope. But then the favor of God came upon this woman. And she was chosen to become the queen of that nation. From slave, from an orphan slave to a queenship, to become a queen. It must be the doing of the Lord. And when you turn around and you see God has done such a miraculous thing to turn your life around like this, you must think that he meant others in mind also. He had others in mind. Are you with me? Do you see the correlation here? How four leprous men came into wealth. We are talking about gold, silver, raiment, horses, tired, donkeys, all kinds of things. All to these four lepers. God had others in mind. And similarly, an orphan, an orphan, a slave woman who has now risen to become the queen of a nation. God had others in mind when he set you in a place like that. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So when the time came for this woman to now think about others, now self-importance came in. Her life became important to her. Her survival became important to her. Her marriage became important to her. I don't want to lose my position. I don't want to be destroyed by the king. I cannot think about others at this time. Where I am, things are working well. Where I am, everything is fine. Don't bring trouble. Don't bring confusion. Where I am. Amen. But Mordecai has said something. Can we turn to the book of Esther? I believe it was chapter 4. Verse 8. Okay, we can read from verse 5. It says, Then called Esther for her touch, one of the king's chamberlains, whom he had appointed to attend upon her, and gave him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was. So her touch went forth to Mordecai into the street of the city. And which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Jews to be destroyed. Also, he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given to Shushan to destroy them. 
to show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him and to make requests before him for her people, for others, for her people. Go in, not for you, not for your marriage, not for your position, but for others, for others. And Hattach came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Again, Esther spake unto Hattach and gave him commandments unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know, this is a fact, that whosoever, whether man or woman, whether you are a king or a queen, whether you are a king's servant or whoever you are, shall come into the king, into the inner court, who is not called, there is one law of of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. Wow. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. He says, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. From another place. Let me tell you, when the Lord has given to you and has given to you and has given to you and he has others in mind, mind you, the Lord will not stop thinking about others. It is you who has stopped thinking about others. It is you who does not care about others. But God does not stop thinking about others. And if you don't rise up and go to others and tell others and save others, he says, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. God will raise up others. God will raise up others. Amen. You see, that is the reason why our church has been risen up to where we are. Because others refuse to share the gospel. Others refuse to think about others. Other churches refuse to share the gospel. That is why the United Denominations seem to be lifted up and moving forward like this. Because it's a church that thinks about others. And whenever you think about others, you touch the heart of God. Because he has others in mind. Many are they that cry unto him day by day, night after night. And his answers is always coming through his children. Hallelujah. So he says, Deliverance and enlargement shall arise to the Jews from another place, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Who knoweth? Whether you are in this church for such a time as this. Who knoweth? Whether you are hearing this message at such a time as this. For a reason. For a reason. Hallelujah. Let's think about others. Amen. Let's think about others. Hallelujah. And whenever you think about others, let me tell you, even what you are afraid of, what you are afraid of, God will make a way for you. 
I say, God will make a way for you. When you are thinking about others, God will make a way for you. When Esther was afraid, Esther was afraid for her life. But when it was about others, it means it is the will of God. You are walking in the will of God. And God will always make a way for you. Amen. I say, God will make a way for you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. God will make a way for you. So, few things about others. Number one, think about others. Think about others. Think about others. Think about others. Amen. See, if you don't intentionally, your mind does not go thinking about others. If you don't intentionally think about others, you will not be concerned about them. If you don't think about others, you will not be concerned about them. You see, the four lepers, the four lepers, they pause in the midst of the plenty, in the midst of the abundance, they pause and say to themselves, to one another, we do not well. We do not well. If they didn't pause to think like that, because others came in their minds, and they said, we do not well. We do not well. Because they realize that there are others in the city. There are others in the city who can benefit from what they have now. There are others out there who can benefit from what you have. But you see, because we don't think about others. We don't think that others are perishing. We don't think about others who can also go to hell. Even our closest relatives, we don't think about them. Have you paused? Have you paused for a moment? Have you paused for a moment to think about your brothers and your sisters? How that they can perish in hell? Except that you also don't believe in hell. But if you really believe in hell and you believe you are saved, have you paused for a moment and say that this my cousin, if he dies today, he's going to hell. Can you imagine that your cousin... I mean, a born-again Christian, your cousin that you talk to, WhatsApping, um, tweeting, what else do we do? Snapchatting, Facebooking, Instagramming constantly, and you don't mention Christ to him or her, can die and go to hell. You see, when you don't pause to think, you will not be concerned about others. When you don't pause to think, you will not be worried about others. You will not even worry that hell is real for this person. You will not even worry that this person is on their way to hell. Amen. You will not pause. You will not think. If you don't intentionally think about others. Sometimes you just have to intentionally. Some of you, you have not even thought about your own parents. Your own parents. You have not thought about them seriously. That my mother today, if she were to die, she would go to hell. My father today, if he was to die, he would go to hell. Have you thought about that? That your father, your father that you love so much, so dear to you, can go to hell. Are you with me? You see, so if you don't pause to think about others, you will never be concerned about their salvation. You will never be concerned. You will never worry about their salvation. 
I've been, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Sometimes if, if at work, if you look at your co-workers, because you see, you, you, you see, you see the life that they are living. They have no Christ in them. They don't believe in anything. And you see them going and coming, going and coming. You work with them. You chat with them. You warm your food together. Get your lunch together. Do all this together. You are there and then you are waiting for one to finish the microwave. So you put your food in it and then you are chatting. All of you in the lounge. Chatting and laughing. And you don't pause to say, you are eating. But if you die, you are going to hell. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Or you don't like my message? You see, if you don't pause to think about others, you will not be concerned about them. The four leprous men, they pause. You see, Esther, she didn't think about others. Until Mordecai made her think about others. To think about others. Then she realized, my life is nothing compared to the so many others that can be destroyed. Then come what may, I am going to the king's chamber. I'm going to the inner court. When she, and she said, if I perish, I perish. At that moment, when she thought about others, when she saw Mordecai's letter to see the seriousness, she says, if I perish, I perish. Some of you, your little beautiful world, you just want to be nice in your little beautiful world and you don't want to perish. Even come to church an hour or two earlier to even witness to another person. It's too much. We are asking too much. The church, you are going too far this time. But let's think about others. Amen. Amen. Let's think about others. Hallelujah. The next one, others exist. Others exist. Amen. How many of you know that others exist? There are others. Others exist. Others who were in the same state that you were in before you found Christ, they still exist. Amen. Others exist. Sometimes God has blessed you and you have plenty, but you don't think about others. You don't worry about others. You don't even know that others exist. You have forgotten that others exist. And sometimes because of our poverty background, the poverty background and the history of always being in need, it makes you not think about others. You are always in need. You, you live the life where you were always in need. And so it makes you not think about others. You were in the kind of life where it was always thinking about your needs and what you need. I mean, if you, you, you were someone who was always in need, you can't think about others. You cannot think about others. And so this background, this history, it, you, you continue to live in this state of mind that you cannot still think about others, even as God has blessed you. A lot of you are afraid that you will not have again, even if you think about others. You are afraid. But it is God, it is God who makes you, it is God who makes you think about others. And if you continue on 
to even consider others, God will always make way for you. God will always make way for you. Because when God blesses you, when God brings you to a certain place, it is he who makes you think about others. And if you consider others, God will make room for you. I say God will make room for you. You will never lack if you think about others. You will never be empty if you think about others. Because you are working in the will of God. Amen. The lepers, they would have been heroes in their own leprous kingdom. You see, four lepers rich, have become rich and just the four of them. You are rich, I am rich. You are rich, I am rich. We are rich, I am rich. And they're hopping around in wealth. Four lepers. But when they thought about others, when they thought about others, and they went to tell others, they became national heroes. Amen. National heroes. Whenever you think about others, he enlarges your territory. Amen. Our church will never get to a certain proportion unless we all begin to think about others. Why should the Lord continue to add to us and give us and give us if we are not reaching out to others? Are you with me? Yeah. When the church of old, when they did not consider their lives of anything, but with boldness, they went out preaching to others, sharing. He says, that which we have is what we are giving you. When they went out, giving what they have received, the Lord enlarged them. Amen. Amen. Yes. Is somebody understanding the message this evening? So that background of always being in need is the same reason why we don't even support the work of God. We are afraid. We are afraid that what we have, when we let go, we will not have again. We will not have again. But I tell you, if you let go, God will add to you. God will add to you. When he knows that when it comes, you release, you think about others, he will always add to you. Because he needs people who will receive to give to others. That is God's problem. People who will take and give to others. But for God, it's not difficult for him to give. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So evidence of this poverty background, which affects our thoughts, which affects our giving, that's the same background that makes you see, when you are the kind, for instance, you, you have problem throwing things out, it is because of this background. It is difficult for you to throw things out. You are a hoarder. You know it's a diagnosis. It's a mental diagnosis, mental illness. May you be delivered from this disease of being a hoarder. Amen. You are keeping and keeping and keeping all things. You always have a need for it. Because we have a background. We come from a background of repairs. You know, everything can be repaired. <laughs> we, we can repair everything. You know, if it's broken, it can be repaired. You go to somebody's shop, old TVs from the 1960s. They are still in the shops waiting to be repaired someday. We've all your old phones that you have renewed, they are still with you. All of them, the old ones. You go and see. 
They are there. You go home and see. You, because you can't think about others. And you put them in the new box. You take the old one and you put the, old, the new one and you put the old one. True or not true? Yes, you have them. You have updated your phones and you are keeping the old ones. You have them, all of them. Because you are afraid to let go. You can't throw them out. You can't throw them out. Everything that is broken, some things are broken. It can never be repaired, but you are keeping them because it can be repaired. It can be repaired. Someday it can be repaired. You buy something and then you, it's broken. You call the company and they come and they look at it and they say, oh, oh, throw it away. We will give you a new one. We will give you, I said, don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. <laughs> you bring me the new one, but keep the old one. And then you are keeping the old one. They say, oh, you don't need it. You, it. you cannot fix it. It will cost you too much. You say, you leave it alone. Because you have a mentality of repair. It can be repaired. You think you are wiser than the company. They say you can't repair it. We are giving you a new, a brand new one. Let's take this old one out. He said, what are you going to do with the old one? Oh, we are going to throw it out. We are going to dump it. Oh, leave it. I will throw it out. I will throw it out. So old washer, old drying machine, washing machine, you are keeping them. Old dryers, you are keeping them. Old microwave, you are keeping them. Everything, they are still there. You have new one. They are giving you new ones. You look at it. Ah, you are throwing this away. Hey. In fact, these people, they, are, they don't have mind. They don't have brain. They don't have brain. You don't have brain. You are the one who doesn't have brain. You are insulting them. <laughs> you see, these people, they don't know. They don't know things. You are keeping them. Holding. Holding. And keeping them. You can't let go. Broken beyond repairs. But you are keeping them. You have many such items. True or not true? Many such items. Everything. Iron. Broken iron. Iron. Broken iron. You have like four, five of them. Since you came to this country, none of your broken irons have been thrown away. Since you came. <laughs> 15, 20 years, you have kept all your broken irons. You are keeping them. Very soon, you see that these items, they will kick you out of your house. You see. Just pack them. TV remote. TV remote. You look at the remote. It's not broken. You say, ah, why should I throw it away? The TV is not working anymore. But the remote. Barrel. You, you use something, empty barrel. You are keeping them. Because you have a plan for the future. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe someday. Who knows tomorrow? You never know. Send it to Nigeria. Who needs it in Nigeria? Go and see what they have. You are the one who is miserable. Get something nice, new, and send to them. Stop keeping your old things. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Some of you, 
even empty cologne bottles, perfume. Perfume bottles that are empty. They are empty. They are not, they can never be refilled. You can't put anything inside. The bottle is nice, so you are keeping the bottles. Hey! Hey! <laughs> you have no room on your bathroom counters. No room. And when we take this empty, this one is empty. This one is empty. This one is empty. Why? They are nice. It's your poverty mentality. They made it nice, so you will buy it. The content is what they are selling to you. Amen. You see, if God blesses you and you don't think about others, he calls you a fool. I'm telling you. If God blesses you and you don't think about others, he calls you a fool. He sees a fool. Amen. Because you don't think about others. Because there are others out there who are crying unto him. There are others who are crying unto him. And they, they have prophets who prophesy over their lives. And they believe and they have faith. And God hears their prayers. God hears their cries. And then God brings answers through you. God blesses you so you can reach out to the others. But you hold. You keep. You can't think about others. You can't think of anyone else but yourself. Luke chapter 15. Say, others exist. Sorry, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. It says, and he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? What shall I do? He says, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plenty. God blessed him with abundance. And he thought to himself, within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. What shall I do? I have so much. I don't even have room enough to store what I have. What should I do? What should you do? Is that what we do? We open another account, and another account, and another account. 
He says, what should I do? And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my bands and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. So he says, I have so much. I don't even have room to store them. So what I will do is I will break the bands, the storage that I have. And build a bigger one so I can store more. I will expand. I will expand. And I will say to my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Wow. Wow. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Isn't that what we think? Isn't that how we plan our lives? We plan our life to store, to lay up for ourselves for many years. Retirement. I am laying up for retirement. He says, I will will say to my soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat. Drink. And be merry. You You, just yourself. You, yourself, and I. Is that so? Me, myself, and I. The next verse. But the God who was thinking about others, when he gave him that plenty, when he gave him so much, he says, but God said unto him, thou fool, this night, say thou fool. Say thou fool. Don't look at you or anyone. Just look and say, thou fool. <laughs> you can't look at anyone. It says, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? Whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? Who's? Thou fool. Sheila, do you understand? Thinking about others. To think about others. When you eat and you are full, don't think about what can I eat again? Maybe I need dessert, ice cream. Mm. I don't think I have room for ice cream. Ah, okay, give me a little more. Let me try it, see if I can eat ice cream. Think about others. We eat and eat and eat and eat and then we go and look again. Mm, this one is good though. But I don't think I have room. Okay, give me a little bit. When you are full, when you are full, think about others. Think about others. Amen. When you have a job and it's blessing you and so much, think about others. Think about others. There are others who need a job too. Amen. Somebody thought about you. That is why you have a job. You also, when you are there, think about others. Amen. So he says, when you don't think about others, God says, thou fool. When you have plenty, whenever you come into plenty and you are thinking of what to do next, you have so much and you are thinking of what to do next, think about others. 
think about others. He says, thou fool. So it is, or so is he that lay up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. Hallelujah. Not rich toward God. Not thinking about God. Not thinking that God has others in mind. He says, thou fool. Say, I'm not a fool. Say, I am not a fool. Amen. Let me give you one more. Number two, others are testy. Others are testy. John chapter 4 and verse 1. Others are testy. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard about, had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. You see, when you're going to Galilee, you have to go through Samaria. You'll be there. I say you'll be there. But I didn't see the well of Jacob. I didn't see it. I think it doesn't exist. Maybe we'll find it next time we go. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a Samaria, woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Amen. There are others who are thirsty for the living water. Amen. I said there are others who are thirsty for what? The living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, Thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall test again. He says, whosoever drinketh of this water shall test again. There are certain things in the world, no matter how much you have, you will always test for more. You will always hunger for more. 
you will always have a need for more. He says, whosoever shall drink of this water shall test again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never test. Oh, there are many people who need this type of water. I said, there are so many people who need this type of water. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Wow. Wow. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I test not, neither come hither to draw. Give me this water. If there is anything that can quench because I have been testy about so many things. I have been testy for so many things. But if there is anything that you can give me to drink that I test no more, give me that because I need it. That I don't come here to draw anymore. That I don't go about searching anymore. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come. Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. Now here is the test. He says, For thou hast had five husbands. You have gone through one, two, three, four, five. Five husbands. You have tried them. You have tried the six pack. You have tried the six feet five. You have tried the five feet two. You have tried the pot belly one. You have tried all kinds. For thou hast had five husbands, and the one and he whom thou now hast is not your husband. You are trying him. To see if he has the other things that you are looking for before you make a decision to marry him. It's not your husband. Because you have gone through five. It didn't work. There is a certain test. It will always be in you. He says you have gone through five husbands. In that said thou truly. Many people are testy. Many people are testy. And nothing will quench their thirst except the living water that Christ gives. <laughs> Hallelujah. Except that living water. So he says you have gone through different husbands from one, two, three, four, five. You are still searching for love. You are still searching for love. You are still hungry for love. You say, just tell me I love you. I just, just want to hear it from your mouth. Just say, I love you. You are hungry for love. You want someone, just someone to say you look nice. Someone to say you are beautiful. Someone to say you are pretty. Someone to say your hair is nice. You are hungry for love. Hungry for that appreciation. Even if you don't mean it, just say that I love you. Just say it. I just want to hear it from your mouth. You say, you love me. Don't you know I love you? Look at all the things that I do. Can't you see I love you? 
I'm always with you. I do everything. I can't you see I love you? Just say it. I want you to say it. I want to hear it. You are hungry for love. Many people are thirsty. Many people are hungry. And they are searching for the living water. And so nothing is quenching their thirst. So he said, the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. For our fathers worship, then she began to be spiritual. Our fathers worship in this mountain. And he said that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye not we know what. We know what we worship. For, je- for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. We will not have a need for anything. Anything that we are etching to hear, he will tell us. All the things that we say, the fathers, this, this, prophets, this, he will tell us. We will not have a hunger anymore if the Messiah cometh. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee, I'm he. I'm he. The blessing is in front of you right now. What you have been searching for, what you have been looking for, what the prophets were talking about, what your fathers were waiting for and never saw, I am he. I'm sitting right in front of you. You woman, I am sitting right in front of you. I am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with a woman, yet not man said, what seeketh thou or why talkest thou with her? And so on. The woman, after that revelation, when he encountered that living water, when he encountered this Christ, the Bible says, the woman then left her water pot. She didn't need it anymore. The test is quenched because she has the living water. She has received the living water. She left her water pot and went her way into the city to do what? And say it to others. Thinking about others. Because she knew men in town who are thirsty. She knew men in town who are hungry. She knew men in town who cannot be satisfied with anything. You see, there are people who are thirsty. When you see someone who is smoking cigarettes, you will see that they will smoke one and they want more. They want more. They want more. Nothing can quench that thirst. They always want more. When you see someone who is drinking alcohol, he will start off with one. And I need one more. And I need two more. And I need three. Nothing can quench that thirst. You will never satisfy that thirst. He says, anyone that drinketh this water shall thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. A well of water springing forth into everlasting life. Yes. Shall be in him. Anyone, 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 you say anyone that drinketh this water, you will test again. 
So there are many others. There are many men. He knew, she knew many men who needed this water. There are many men who needed it. Amen. There are many men. They are married, but they are not satisfied. They cannot be filled with one woman. Because you don't have Christ. And when you don't have Christ, you will always be thirsty. You will always be hungry. And you, by the grace of God, you are married, you are happy, and you are satisfied with one woman or one man. You have no need for others. It's because you have drunk that living water. That is why. You have drunk that living water. Since you came to Christ, there's no desire about another woman. There's no desire for another man. There's no desire. You feel satisfied. It doesn't even cross your mind. Because the true living water is in you. It's in you. Is somebody understanding the word of God tonight? Yeah. When you drink that water, when you drink that water, you will not thirst again. You will not thirst again. That is why people in the world, they have this woman. You have this one. You have Margaret. You have Cecilia. You have Mary. You have Sophia. You have Lucy. You have what? Josephine. You have Monica. Rebecca. Lucy, Shaquana, you have tried them all, but you don't seem to be satisfied. You don't seem to be satisfied. You see another one and you see a certain hunger and a thirst in you. Because you can never be satisfied except you drink of that living water, which is the Christ. So the Bible says, after she has encountered this Christ, when he, she had that revelation, she says, that Christ, the person that is talking to you, I am he right now. I am he. She says, immediately, the woman then left her water port and went her way into the city and said to the man, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ. It's not this the Christ. I have encountered the Christ. Come and taste of him too. I have encountered the Christ. Come and have a taste of him. Say, come see. She encountered Christ and she thought about others. She thought about the many men who have been after her. The many men who are alcoholics. Drinking and never satisfied. Smoking and never satisfied. Anyone that is in the world. Look at it. Money, they will have millions, billions, and they still don't pay tax. Billionaires, they, want, they think they need more. They're finding ways not to pay tax so they can have more. Because they don't think about others. God is not in him. And when God is not in you, you will always be hungry for more and more and more. More and more and more. More houses, more cars, more money, more this, more clothes, more. Look, when you take Christ really seriously, you don't have desire for new clothes all the time. You, what, you, you take Christ seriously. You will not have desire for these things. That you need more clothes, more wigs, different kinds of wigs, blonde Burgundy, brunette, this, 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 all kinds of, you will, not have, you will not be hungry for those things. When Christ is really in you, clothes, for what? There are others. There are others who are thirsty. There are others. 
Is somebody understanding the word of God? Yeah. When Christ is in you, you realize that certain things become irrelevant. They don't, you realize that there's certain things that were so important to you, but now it seems to have faded away. It seems you have lost interest in certain things. Yeah. Have you not realized that? Yeah. Because you are satisfied. The living water, it satisfies. Amen. It satisfies. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let's think about others. Let's think about others. Amen. You see people who use drugs, you see them. Anyone who uses drugs, you see they are hungry for more drugs. More drugs. They call it addiction. It is the world. It's the enemy. You'll be hungry for more. You use one today, is it just try it. Try it. You try it. You will need more. You will need two. Tomorrow you need three. You need four. And when you have done four rows, you realize that you are not satisfied. Do you have more? Do you have more? I want more. I want more. I want more. Your test will never be quenched. Your test will never be quenched. Others. Let's think about others. Amen. It is Christ who satisfies. So he said, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. It's not this the Christ. And what happened? What happened next? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Because somebody came to tell them. Somebody came to tell them. Somebody came. Somebody thought about others. And left her port, ran to the city. Immediately after she encountered Christ, she left to tell others. And they came. Then they went out of the city and came. It's in the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him saying, eat, and so on and so forth. Keep going. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat. Keep going. Therefore said the disciples one to another, have he, any man brought him something to eat? Keep going. Keep going. Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of the man. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Okay, now the next verse. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. That's all he, she did. That's all. That was her message. That's all. That was her message. She went to town. And all she said was, he told me everything I ever did. Come see a man. She told me everything I ever did. Come see a man. She told me everything I ever did. Come see a man. She told me everything I ever did. That is what she encountered. But you, there's so much more than she told me everything I ever did. There's so much that has been given you. So much that has been deposited in you. So you could also, also say, come see a man. Who saved my life? Who saved my soul from perishing? Who saved me from going to hell? Who delivered me? Come see a man who laid down his life for me. Come see a man who shed his blood for me. Come see a man who was crucified for me. Come see a man. Others. And many, they say, and many of the Samaritans, many of the Samaritans of that city, because of that one woman, believe on him for the saying of the woman. Who testified? He told me all that I ever did. I tell you, many are thirsty. There are many in the city who are thirsty. 
and they need someone to just tell them, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. They were hungry. They were drug addicts, alcoholics, womanizers, people who are hungry for the Lord, people who are hungry for the living water. They are thirsty, and they needed that thirst to be quenched. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. Look, they wanted him to stay. Don't go. We have never encountered, we have never been filled like this. Don't go. Don't go. We need you here. There are many. We, there are many that can benefit from what you are doing. We need you. Don't go. Tarry with us. And he abode there two days because of that woman. Wow. Let me tell you. If we don't go, you see, that is why, you know, when new people come, there's special anointing. You don't know. Christ will tarry when there are people who are hungry to receive. Not the people who are always wanting to be polished and polished and polished again. He tarried. He will be there. People have come to here. He will be there. People are hungry for me. I will be there. He says he abode there. He was on his way to, where was he going from, Galilee? He tarried two days. And many more believed. Because of his own ways. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Many more believe. Hallelujah. Amen. So, what is number one? Others exist. Is it number one? Think about others. Think about others. Number two? Others exist. And number three? Others are testy. Others are testy. Many others are thirsty. Your cousins are thirsty. Your friends are thirsty. Amen. Can't you see? They are thirsty. They are thirsty. Share Christ with them. Kedin, you have friends, cousins who are thirsty. Don't let them die and go to hell. Don't let them perish and go to hell. Share Christ with them. Say, come see. Come hear of a man. Except if we also don't believe it. Except that we are also just doing our things. You know, because we have become Christians who are still hungry and thirsty. Christians who are thirsty. Christians who are alcoholics, still drinking. We say we are in Christ, but we are still hungry. We are still thirsty. The living water is not in you, I'm telling you. If you are a Christian who is still an alcoholic, you are a Christian who is still a smoker, or you are a Christian who is still using marijuana or cocaine, hey, you are a Christian who is a womanizer, every woman you see, your skin is itchy, the living water is not in you. Or the opposite, a, a woman who is also hungry for the man. You see this one's chest and then you are shaking. You see this one's muscles and you are shaking. You see this one wear a tie, you are shaking. The living water is not in you. It's not in you. I'm telling you, the living water is not in you. Be born again and receive the living water. Because that water, when it comes in you, it quenches your test. It quenches your test. You'll be afraid. It quenches your test. It quenches your test. Is somebody understanding the word of God? Or you don't like my message? Then clap your hands for Jesus. 
There are too many Christians who live worldly lives. Christians hungry for worldly music. You, you, your skin comes when you hear worldly music. It's like, it's like some, some, some dopamine is released in you. And you are so excited. You make a triple jump into the dance floor. It's like, make way quickly. Rush. I'm, I get amazed. They play certain music and see Christians. They gather and they're singing the song and they're dancing it. Hey! Where did you learn this from? Sometimes I wonder. I say, ah, are these the people I preach to? Because we don't sing this song in church. We don't sing it in church. But you know them. We don't dance, and you, you don't even dance in church. You don't dance in church, and then when, when people are dancing here, you are standing there looking at them like you, you don't have feet. But when we get to a certain places, hey, what a shock. Me, I sit there and I just look. I say, hey. Ask your neighbor, are you that type of Christian? Worldly Christian. Let's pause here. Continue next time. May the Lord help us. May the Lord really help us. May the Lord help us. Please stand to your feet. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. We thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for ministering to our hearts. We thank you for placing others on our hearts. Give us that burden, the burden of others. Let us have a burden for others in the name of Jesus. Burden our hearts with the concerns of others, the salvation of others in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Burden our hearts. Burden our hearts. Burden our hearts. Burden our hearts, Jesus. Burden our hearts. Give us a burden. 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 Oh, give us a burden. Give us a burden. Jesus. Think about others. The salvation of others. The need of others. The death of others. There are many that are thirsty. Thirsty for the living water. Thirsty for the living water. Thirsty, oh God. Thirsty. Thirsty. There are many that are thirsty. Give us that burden. Come on, sing. Trust and obey for the slow of the way. 
trust and obey. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Father, we are thankful and grateful. We pray, Lord, that you change our minds, change the way we think, oh God, burden our hearts, oh Lord, with a concern for others. Lord, that we will be burdened with a concern for the salvation of others in the name of Jesus. Burden our hearts, oh God. Give us this burden, for it is a good burden, oh God. Give us the burden to be concerned about others. Others' salvation. Deliver us, O God, from this selfishness, self-centeredness. That is all about us. It was all about us. But from tonight, O God, renew our minds. You say, let this mind be in us. Let the mind that was in Christ be in us. O Lord, we are thankful and grateful. For always drawing our attention to the salvation of others. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here tonight. You are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give you this opportunity. You want the living water. You say, Pastor, pray with me. I want this living water. I want to drink of this water. He says, this, if I give you, you will not taste again. You will never have that test again. There is a test in you. There is a hunger. A test that is never satisfied. A test that is never satisfied. When that living water, when you drink of that living water, that test will be quenched. He says, if you drink of the water that I give you, you will not test again. You will not have a need to come here to draw. You will not have a need to pursue this search again. If there is anyone here like that, you want to drink that living water, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want Jesus into my life. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your mercy. We glorify your name in the name of Jesus. I want you all to say this after me. Repeat this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, I have sinned against you. I have been thirsty. Lord Jesus, I have been searching for this living water tonight i have found it lord jesus forgive me of my sins cleanse me from all unrighteousness wash me with your blood purify my heart and now jesus i welcome you into my life be my lord be my master be my savior please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.
clap your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Beloved, if you said this prayer from your heart and you mean it, this is the first time you're saying this prayer and you mean it, or you have said this prayer before, but tonight you are meaning it in a very special way. It's from your heart. At the end of the service, come and see me. Come and see me and I will share something with you. Wonderful. Why don't you clap your hands together again for Jesus and please be seated. Please be seated. You know, we love our children so much. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Brent Nkrumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.